Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast, middle of the week, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, there's a lot to get to. Uh, More fallout from the Von Miller trade, more context. Von shared his side of how that conversation shook out uh, with George Payton. We've heard about the Halloween thing. Let's put that a pin in the Halloween thing just for a second. Then there was the trade that sent rookie seventh-round pick, Kerry Vincent Jr., to the Philadelphia Eagles, which you had the story for us on that. So before we get into the Von Miller stuff and then also some of the reaction to the things that George Payton and Vic Fangio have said in the wake of the Miller trade, do you feel like that was a good move for the Broncos dealing away uh, Vincent? Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about getting a sixth-rounder back in exchange for a seventh-rounder. That's what George Payton did pretty much. For a cornerback that hasn't played a single snap, he's been inactive through eight weeks so far, and you're getting a, a draft pick that you can use, same as the Von Miller trade for future uh, you know, bookkeeping purposes. And you have two cornerbacks coming back, and a Sang Bassi, who's practicing, and Michael Ozemudia, who's, I think, a little further away. Both are coming off injuries. You have Patrick Sertan playing at a very high level. You have Ronald Darby kind of a a stabilizing factor on the outside. Hopefully you get something out of Kyle Fuller. I thought he would be the guy that gets moved, but maybe the Broncos were asking too much or there wasn't interest. But I I think George Payton has proved he's pretty good at this GMing thing, Chad, through his first, what would it be, 10 months on the job? I'm not worried about George Payton. I'm really not. I mean, that dude, if Vic Fangio said one true thing this week, it's that George Payton is one of the Denver Broncos' biggest assets. And right now he might be the biggest asset because he's very pragmatic. He's very um, savvy. And, you know, as far as his uh, interactions with Von Miller on trade day, you know, there were some rumors going around that this was something Von was a part of, basically, right? That he had been apprised, hey, Vaughn, we're going to we're gonna start shopping you, so be ready anywhere you want to go, buddy. You know, like you're getting a grocery list for the store. No, 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 no. After the trade was done, he was in the building, did a few press things for the Broncos, kind out of the kindness of his heart. On the way out, like we showed that clip on Monday night, did a quick, in the car, media scrum where he took a few questions from Troy Rank and whatnot. But then he got home, Zach, and he uploaded a vlog right which is for his youtube channel and he does vlogs every now and again anyway that's kind of his thing and uh in it he kind of recounted zach the day the morning how it happened he went in there i'm just going to paraphrase he went in went about his workout you know his rehab whatever that routine is because of the ankle 
And while he's working out, he gets uh, tapped on the shoulder by Vince uh, Garcia, the new Greek, right? Hey, George wants to see you upstairs. And so he says as he's walking up the stairs, his heart starts beating fast, right? Like he can sense something's in the air here, gets up there. Uh, George says, hey, Vaughn, come on in, take a seat. Vaughn sits down. We're going to trade you. <laughs> Just like that, dude. We're going to trade you. And we're going to send you to uh, the Los Angeles Rams where you're going to get a chance to compete, yada, yada, yada. And then last thing here, Zach, Vaughn goes on to recount that as, as soon as he heard that, he looked, glanced out because, of course, Peyton's office overlooks the UC Health Training Center practice fields and everything. And he kind of zoned out, phased out on what Peyton was saying as kind of his career as a Bronco literally like flashed before his eyes. And he re, you know, he thought about all of his memories out there on the practice field, all those reps, you know, the highlights of his career as a Bronco. And then he kind of snapped back into focus. And uh, there's, a, there's a little bit more to the story, but very interesting, the context there. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I love what Vaughn said, though, uh, today in his introductory Rams press conference. He said he went to sleep four and four and woke up seven and one. And you can tell he's reinvigorated to be on a winning team for the first time in forever since he hoisted the Lombardi Trophy pretty much or 2016 at the absolute most recent period. And I think it's even said it's good for me to be here, in other words. I mean, it's good for me to play on a contending team and I'm entering the back nine of my career. I still have much to offer and it wasn't in the future cards in Denver. But from a business perspective... I think some fans would maybe take umbrage with Peyton trading away a rookie and Kerry Vincent who never got an opportunity to play, but it's a business move. And when you're getting a sixth rounder for a seventh rounder, that's good business. When you're getting a second and a third for Von Miller, who would have walked after the season for nothing, that's good business. So the last person I blame is Vic Fan. That's the first person I blame. The last person I blame is George Peyton. What I wanted to say about Fangio, though, I kind of, you know, I gave the little... BS kind of motion with Fangio said today that George Payton is the most valuable asset the Broncos have moving forward. Uh, two keywords there. In other words, please don't fire me. I thought that was, you know, extremely transparent on Vic's part. Oh, yeah. I mean, George Payton, as I said, pragmatic, you know, straight to the point, very smart, very savvy, knows what he sees in terms of evaluation. But he was blowing straight smoke up the entire skirt of uh, Broncos country when he said yesterday that Vic Fangio was a big reason, or he might've even said the reason he took this job, which is utter. We all know this utter and absolute inane 
BS GM speak. Here's Max Power real quick. Zach jumping in from across the pond, staying up late into the wee hours to say, and thank you, Max, seeing people outraged at the Peyton presser. He has to defend the current coaches. You can't throw them under the bus right. publicly. Not sure why people don't understand that. Okay. Absolutely true. He's got to play politics. It's just a matter, Zach, of the degree in which you play those politics. And that's why I think saying things like the whole Vix, the reason I took the job type thing, it's like fans could could see how transparently untrue that was. And then it makes them question everything else he said. I mean, Max, it's scaring me now. That's two days in a row where I agree with the points that you're making here. It's true. George Payton or Vic Fangio, for that matter, they're never going to say anything else. You have to kind of finesse the political climate of being a GM and uh, knowing what's ahead and knowing the move that you want to make. But I find it hard to believe uh, George Payton, who turned down so many GM openings over the last decade or so, he'd finally take the leap for a career assistant in Vic Fangio who couldn't even compile a winning record in Denver his first couple years. That is complete BS. And like you said, and like I tweeted, Chad, it's GM speak, nothing more. Don't read a second into it. Indeed. Indeed. there. I think there was a lot peppered in what he said that was true. In fact, most of what George Payton said at the podium yesterday, I believe, was true. But I understand how many Broncos fans now are starting to question him a little bit because of how evident and obvious that big lie was. Travis, good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. The stars, the support, you the man. We have a couple of raffles to get to tonight, and we are going to get to those raffles, so let not your hearts be troubled. We appreciate your patience on that. Monday was such a whirlwind. I mean, we knew the trade uh, trade deadline was coming the next day and we were ready for anything, but that was one of the few things we weren't entirely prepared for. And when you trade a player on a level of Von Miller, let me just tell you guys, as a publisher and an editor, as writers, as content creators, I mean, it's a, it's a whirlwind of work that you got to get to you know, grind out immediately. Andrew Lampy, what's up, buddy? Good to see you, buddy. Hope you had a great day as well. Um, Zach, before we do the drawing, let me get to a, another point of content to set the stage here. And then uh, we'll continue, of course, to see what's on everyone's mind in the chat from the supporters and superstars. Uh, here's an article from our Keith Cummings. All right. A rumor is speculating that Von Miller's Halloween party, um, the drama thereof, played a part in the Broncos deciding to trade him and move on from Von Miller. Let me first, Zach, as you brought up, when we're talking Halloween and Von Miller, who could, how could you not also connect the dots to this former storyline, right? right? When Chad Kelly <clears throat> attended that very party, Zach, in 2018 and ended up getting arrested that night. <laughs> Beaten down by a vacuum cleaner. You think Von would have ended those uh, parties after that, but uh, apparently the meat and potatoes of the story is that he wanted his teammates to chip in and it was a six-figure affair, as you were explaining to me before the podcast, and his teammates didn't want to, and uh, a rift grew because of that. I, I, real quick off the top of my head here, off the top of my cuff, if that's an expression, I don't think there's 100% truth to this story. I, I think PFN has it mostly right, but some of the details here might have been slightly exaggerated. I just can't imagine Chad... Chad, yeah. I can't imagine Vaughn uh, creating a rift and his teammates turning on him over a Halloween party. It doesn't seem very, I don't know, Vaughn-like. So let me just get to it. Credit to Adam H. Beasley, a name that I didn't even know until today. So credit to Adam. 
And I apologize for not knowing this man's name, but here's what he reported. I think it was yesterday, Zach. I'm going to quote him real quick because maybe some people are scratching their heads. Quote, a source with direct knowledge of the situation tells Pro Football Network that Miller became upset when teams declined to kick in, uh, teammates, pardon, uh, declined to kick in for his annual Halloween party. It's a massive affair with a six-figure price tag. This year, it featured Quavo from the Hip Hop Act Migos. Miller's request for financial help came as a surprise to his teammates. They had assumed they were invited guests to the party, not co-hosts. Miller even wanted rookies to contribute several thousand dollars for an event they had no role in planning. Now, Zach, some some context here, r- real quick, and then I'm going to serve this back to you. Noah Fan appeared on 104.3 The Fan on uh, on Tuesday, and he was asked about it. Hey, what was going on there? You know, what are we hearing? Quote: I guess I'll clarify. It was a situation where we were planning um, on having this Halloween party, and that was the thing. Then we dropped a couple of games, and Vaughn had contacted everybody in the group chat saying, "Hey, like I'm thinking about canceling the party. We want to win games. We got to focus on winning games." That's the biggest thing is being improvement driven, focus on winning, things like that. So he did try to cancel it. Guys still wanted to have it. And then it kind of went south from there. I'm not going to go into detail. So, Zach, let me let me put on my Sherlock Holmes here. I think Vaughn did indeed send a text to all his teammates saying, guys, we're on a losing streak here. Let's not be gay and 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 party. And by gay, I mean happy. And, you know, that's what I'm talking about here, guys. Come on now. And let's not be, you know, try and regale ourselves with a Halloween party and celebration because we got to be serious men about our business. We're on a four game schneid here. And then the players, his teammates, I think, came back to him and said, but no, Vaughn, dude, come on. No, we ought to do it. It'll be good for us. And da, da, da. And he's probably like, well, then if you guys want to do it, you know, chip in. Maybe something like that. I don't know. That's either way. It seems like a stupid thing with which to create any kind of a rift in the first place. And George Payton said, if it's something you want to believe it had absolutely nothing to do. He doesn't believe there's a rift a B because there's not a rift. He, he said it has nothing to do, had nothing to do with the trade. Well, it sounds like Vaughn, it might've been like a fantasy league where you get uh, some of the buy-ins up front. He might've said, if you want in, if you want on the VIP guest list, you got to kick in half up front. And then, you know, the other half when Halloween rolls around, that's me speculating. I just find it hard to believe a guy making $9.7 million, a guy who's made $90 million in his career. He's going to hold rookies feet to the fire, guys making hundreds of thousands of dollars, a fraction of what he has. Let's not forget also when Philip Lindsay made the the Pro Bowl. Apparently, he was like five grand short of uh, of his own uh, fare to get there, and, and and housing and this and that, lodging and food. Didn't Von Miller help him out when he also made the Pro Bowl that year? I find it hard to believe if he was willing to do that for someone like Philip Lindsay, he's going to create a divide in the locker room over a Halloween party. I don't think there's a lot of merit to this story. I think some details might be true, but from what Noah Fant intimated, it's kind of overblown, as it usually is in the media. And as he said, then it went south from there. He didn't provide any other additional context onto how it went south. But let's catch up on a couple quick supers. We'll keep talking about this. And then we're going to do the drawings, all right, the uh, raffles. Jordan Wright, thank you for being with us tonight, my friend. Appreciate you. He said, any news on Chubb? He needs to step up, Bradley Chubb, and be the next big voice in the locker room. Well, George Payton kind of circled after the bye, is what he said yesterday, is that we're – 
basically, I'll paraphrase, where Bradley Chubb's doing well and we're going to need him um, when he comes back after the bye. So maybe week 12, Zach's probably the soonest you're going to see Bradley Chubb out there helping out. I'm still a Bradley Chubb fan. I still believe in him. But realistically, who's going to listen to him as a leader in the locker room? The guy is barely on the field. He's, you know, he's in and out of the trainer's room. I don't think he has much clout in the locker room. If there is a face of the defense right now, it's inarguably Justin Simmons. I just hope that Bradley Chubb, you know, less worrying about uh, holding everyone accountable and being the new Von Miller, be Bradley Chubb, stay healthy and be productive. I'll take that. Brandon, a.k.a. Bama Broncos, appreciate your brother saying, where will the Broncos go with rebuilding? Well, to uh, be very simple and pragmatic and blunt in the vein of George Payton himself, starts with a new coaching staff and you go from there. Also is going to include a new quarterback. I still think there's there's um, untapped potential in Drew Locke, but to use the word pragmatist for the last time tonight, <laughs> okay? Uh, I also am uh, been around the block enough times to recognize Zach that uh, you know when when they gave the job to Teddy, uh, that signaled the end for Drew as as a true viable I could be your franchise guy in the future candidate. Now, I don't really care what George Payton says. He, he claimed it's not a rebuild. We're not entering a rebuild. But like I, I posed this on Twitter and I got some pushback. When you're going to have a new quarterback, when you're going to when you traded away a Hall of Fame franchise icon, when you're going to have a new coaching staff, not just head coach by the way, but defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, assistant coaches, that to me qualifies as a rebuild. You can put different labels on it like Vance Joseph did. But he called it a reboot. You can, you know, dispute the fact that you're entering the, the the taboo R word, but that's what the Broncos are going to be doing. And as of right now, come January, they're going to be cleaning house. George Payton will be at the front of the line handing out pink slips. No doubt about it. Unless some kind of miracle is worked on the field between now and the end of the season, which, guys, we'll see it. I think we're going to know pretty well in this Dallas game on Sunday, Zach, just how likely the possibility of turning the ship around. I mean, George Payton said it a few times yesterday in the thick of things. We're right in the thick of things at four and four. We're in the thick of things. And technically that's true, but I was encouraged slightly, Zach, by the, by it, it appeared like the Broncos eyes had, had completely gone like no light. It left the eyes, dead eyes. A little bit had come back. It seemed against Washington, but not that full bright, fiery we're a football team in the in the league baby and we've been to eight super bowls and we got three world championships and we're a force to be reckoned with i didn't quite see that i saw it in the eyes of a few individuals but overall um didn't see that but kenny young hey that's one thing george payton said is he's uh I'm going to find actually exactly what he said about, about Kenny Young because it's worth worth talking about. Washington is a bad team. They didn't exactly blow them out, Chad. They kind of eked by, you know, by the skin of their teeth in that game. They could have really easily lost that game. So I don't see a sudden turnaround no matter what George Payton says. And if he was serious about this year, about competing for this year, why would you trade your best defensive player? You know, it, it kind of contradicts what he's saying there. You have to keep that... Um, front-facing messaging clear that they're still competing, they're not tanking, they're not waving the white flag, they're not entering a rebuild. I think it's all GM speak, though. I think uh, the fans know where the season's going, and I think George Payton knows where he wants to go when the season ends. Absolutely. In fact, his statement before he opened the floor to questions 
um, after he uh, flattered Vaughn and paid tribute and respect to him, as he should, for being one of the greatest Broncos of all time and the greatest pass rusher of his generation, he came back and said, uh, quote, in regard to our team, we're going to get some great capital from the Rams. It allows us to build a foundation that we've already started to build, and we can just add to that foundation and build this thing the right way. That's what we're going to do. Moving forward with this team, I believe in the players here. I believe in the coaches here. We're four and four. It hasn't been perfect. We've had some ebbs. We've had some flows. We have a long way to go, but I do believe in the players. We're four and four and everything is in front of us. So he he left the coaches out on the second time. Uh, Everything's in front of us. We're still in the thick of it. uh, But yes, we do have a long way to go. I really look forward to the second part of the season. And that starts Sunday with the Cowboys. Zach, a great football team. So he claims it's not a rebuild, but then uses the word build twice, which is in the word rebuild. It could be a Freudian slip on Peyton's part, but again, it's just massaging what the public, what he thinks the public wants to hear. They're still four and four, the season's still in front of them, but if you watch the Broncos in any game before Washington, after that cupcake 3-0 start, this is not an overly good football team. And this not overly good football team traded away one of its best players, if not you know, it's best player. So I don't know. I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. So I'm just going to say Nshada, Nshada, Nshada. I don't know. Appreciate it. Welcome. Connect on Twitter and let us know how you do say your handle there, how you pronounce your handle. Now that Bryce Callahan is injured, why can't we place Kyle Fuller in the nickel? Uh, Watch and listen to you guys every day. Appreciate that, bro. Seriously. Thank you. Um, It's a possibility. In fact, that's something Fangio said today that, you know, Kyle Fuller is a guy they could call on to play the nickel. But they brought Asang Bassi back to practice today. And for those of you who can remember, he was the undrafted rookie out of Wake Forest last year who made the team out of training camp. And basically within the first two or three weeks was a consistent role player on defense. He was playing nickel. He was playing safety and he was playing nickel. And that was with a still healthy Bryce Callahan. And then he suffered, I can't remember the week, I want to say November sometime. He suffered a torn ACL. And then the Broncos, because they could, they, they wanted to kind of massage, navigate, exploit NFL rules that separate the PUP and the IR lists. And so they put him on PUP, physically unable to perform. And uh, they're bringing him back. After eight games, you can bring him back off PUP. And so he's coming back. He is a viable nickel. Problem, Zach, is... It's going to take him some time. We don't know exactly what kind of game shape he's in yet. I mean, he I'm sure he's kept in shape, and that's been a part of his rehab, Zach, but I'm a little bit unsure of that. They're also bringing Duke Dawson back off the pup. Yeah. And the uh, – what do you call him? The He's more of an outside corner, but Mike Ford, who's been on IR. I missed that last one. Uh, sorry about that, Scott. We can grab him again if you want to throw him up. But, uh, Zach, your thoughts. There's also Nate Hairston, who's going to compete, I think, for nickel duties if he can play that. But guess who plays the slot for the Cowboys? That would be C.D. Lamb. So I really couldn't imagine, I, I mean, Kyle Fuller, who's been hot garbage this year, one-on-one, because you know the Broncos are going to leave him on an island one-on-one against C.D. Lamb. It's not going to be pretty overall. You know, losing Bryce Callahan, it's such a blow because when he's healthy, Chad, he has all pro potential. And it's just a shame. He's played in 18 games out of a possible 40 so far since signing a three-year deal in 2019. I mean, injuries really blow, and I hate it for the Broncos because they don't really have a comparable next man up. They maybe had one that was in game shape, but they traded him to Philly, oddly enough. Shane, thanks, buddy. Good to see you. 
He says, this might bug some fans, but uh, I like, I assume is what he's saying, what Peyton is doing. He's loading up for a great offseason. He knows when to do the, uh, the hard right over the easy wrong. That's a good, that's a good uh, outlook, I think, to have on it. Because if you can recognize that Peyton himself can recognize the writing on the wall in that public talking points, of course he's going to stand at the podium with your team sitting at 4-4 four and, four and say, we're still in the thick of things. And use verbiage like, there's been ebbs, there's been flows. There's mostly been ebbs, let's face it. And this we know, right? It's, you don't, no good team loses four games in a row. The only teams the Broncos have beaten in 2021 are sub-500 opponents, period, end of story, with the exception of the opener. And they're still, to this day, you know, eight weeks into the season, sub-500. So he recognizes, Zach, my point on this ramble, is that, you know, this isn't going anywhere. I got to maintain the brave face when the lights are on and I'm at a podium and say the right things. But we're cruising for a pretty extensive makeover. You want to call it a rebuild, whatever, reboot, whatever, makeover. He knows that's happening. And so, yes, Shane, he's stocking the cupboards because, you know, he's a guy that wants to be on in on every deal. Doesn't mean he, mean he makes the deal, Zach, but he wants to be – he wants to have the means to be able to be in those conversations. You know, whatever you want to call it, winter is coming to Dove Valley. And the fans know it. George Payton knows it. winter is coming. The coaches know it. Doing the easy wrong thing would have been keeping Von Miller around when you know you're probably not going to make the playoffs this year and then getting nothing for him when he walks as a free agent next offseason. But it reminds me of the Patriots. Bill Belichick always believed in getting rid of a player a year too early instead of a year too late. And it really smacks of the lawyer Malloy release right before the season in, in 2002. Franchise, maybe not to Von stature, but... Getting a second and a third for a guy that you're going to lose anyway in a matter of months, that's great business. I, I applaud uh, Peyton in that respect. Dave from Georgia. What's going on, buddy? And at the 30-minute mark, we'll do the, the raffle. Uh, Dave from Georgia, one of our longtime bona fide Mount Rushmore superstars. Good to see you, man. He says, I'm bummed that 58 is gone, but we got a good deal. 31 and 22, that's Simmons and Jackson are the unquestionable leaders, must now play bigger. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag football. Whoop. There we go. Football priests. Love it. Thank you, Dave. Um, the good news, Zach, is one of those two guys really did step up and play better in week eight. And that was Justin Simmons, who came away with two picks. And, of course, they were uh, both Hail Mary picks. But nevertheless, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> He played better. In fact, if you look at the uh, grades, whether it's uh, PFF um, or even Eric Trickle, he earned good grades in week eight. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I'm was gonna. i glad you brought up the fact they were kind of desperation throws on Taylor Heineke's part. He did play better than he has. I mean, the bar is kind of low. I thought the front seven was the, big, the bigger hero of that game, especially Shelby, Draymond, uh, Malik Reed. I wouldn't call Kareem a leader, though. I mean, he's a liability as far as I'm concerned. I know he's the mouthpiece, but, you know, the the, the sooner we see Caden Stearns as a full-time starter, I think the better off the Broncos' defense will be. Uh, where'd Naj go? Here he is. Naj, love you, bro. He is in the running for uh, the jersey. He finished top five. We're going to get to that drawing here in just a minute. But um, he says here, thank you, Naj. I really like what Peyton said. Whether or not he believes it, 
he went above and beyond to try and convince the current players and fans that the team has its destiny in front. Positive leadership matters. And I would agree on that. You can't get up there as a GM, Zach, and be the, you know, little dark rain cloud and rain on everybody's parade. Like, it'd be one thing if they were one and seven, right, to get up there and kind of be very bleak. But I think George Payton, in all honesty, on the in, in terms of tonality, did a pretty good job of walking the line between recognizing the Broncos have a lot to improve on while not standing up there and saying, we're dog, you know what? Keep in mind, this is a rookie general manager, and he was tasked with trading away a franchise icon in his first year, less than a year on the job. I mean, he's been stable so far. You said he walked the line. He's making great business moves. I think he has the Broncos on the right track. Can you imagine what he's going to do in year two, year three, year four, if if he gets that far? I think George Payton, uh, the Broncos are in good hands with his leadership. Uh, let's grab Peter Geiger. Is it Geiger? Is that your last name? No, it's different. Maybe it's a different last name. Either way, Peter, I know is your name. Good to see you, buddy. Down in Australia, hope things are improving down there. What we read in the headlines here in the States, man, it's been uh, like 1984 down there. Hope you're hope you're doing well, bro, Free and uh, staying safe. He says, good morning, Priest. Finally catching a live stream. Super sad to see Miller go, but we got a good deal. Who knows? He might be back. Also, can we start Locke soon? I still want to see what we have in him. Go Broncos. Best Broncos pod. Hashtag state of being. Yes, sir. See, it's cats like this that prove Broncos country, not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. And he's in literally on the other side of the world. And he's with us now. The miracle of the internet, ladies and gentlemen. It's just phenomenal. But thanks, Pete. We, uh, you know, I think the whole Drew Locke thing, George Payton, was pretty emphatic. Teddy's our quarterback. Like he shut that down straight up. Teddy's our quarterback. I mean, we've been saying it for a while. As long as Fangio is employed by the Broncos, Teddy, and as long as Teddy can actually physically throw and walk around, and even if he can't, Fangio proved he'll play him anyway. So barring that, Locke's not going to see the field. Dadbod44 on Twitch says, why not give Drew the nod for the rest of the season? See if there's any trade value there. Well, you know, rhetorical, right? Why not? I mean, at this stage, what do you have to lose? I think is probably the better question and not much, but because they consider themselves to, as Peyton said, be in the thick of things, their plan A was Teddy. And so they're going to stick with plan A until plan A is taking them completely off course in terms of being in the thick of things. Now, if this team ends up and it's a rough slate guys, Dallas week nine, Week 10 is Philly, right? Then you got the bye. So let's just say the Broncos go into the bye at four and six. Even if Vic Fangio still has his job, I think there's a modest chance you could see a quarterback change during the bye. But I I wouldn't expect it, at least not sitting here right now. Now, the complexion and, and, and shape of these next two games in terms of if they lose, how they lose, and what role Teddy Bridgewater played in it will have a, a big impact on whether or not Vic Fangio feels like there's enough there there to be able to stand up and swallow his pride publicly and replace the quarterback he handpicked for the job. Vic Fangio is the answer to every Drew Locke question going forward. I mean, that's what that's how we can fill in the evergreen Drew Locke queries that we're going to get here. It's Vic Fangio. Ivan, been furious on the stars and super chats lately. Thank you, Ivan. You're supporting us. 
You're helping keep the lights on. You're helping keep this content coming on a nightly basis, and we appreciate you. He wants to know, Zach, is it true that the Saints asked for Teddy in a trade? And I assume he's saying and Broncos said no. I haven't heard that. I haven't either. I know there was some conjecture and rumor, more like speculation, that the Saints could come knocking because Sean Payton knows, hey, Teddy went 5-1 and for me as a starter when I needed him. Um, But, yeah, I don't think – even if they came calling, unless it was, uh, like George Payton said, he got calls about several other players. But, you know, if if it's a player the Broncos like, then you got to really blow their socks off with the offer. So if the Saints came calling, Mickey Loomis down there, it just wasn't enough to, you know, move the Broncos off of a player that, especially George Payton and Vic, that they like. I mean, they do have Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, so I think both of them combined equal one Teddy Bridgewater. I did hear that uh, Phillip Rivers is like quasi-interested in the Saints quarterback job. He says they haven't reached out to me, but if they did, I would listen. So that's something to file away going forward. Scott, he's like screaming at the TV, at, at the at the screen right now or when we were covering that last one. Yvonne, I'll try and remember that. Yvonne. Uh, last super chat for just a minute, and then we're going to do the drawing. From Zachler, what's good, buddy? Appreciate you. says, hey, guys, I love George Payton. I think he's done a great job. I agree with almost every move. I just hope that Vic and Pat Shermer are gone by the end of the season. Dude, I don't foresee anything, Zach, at this stage outside of literally a miraculous playoff uh, berth that is going to result in Vic and Pat still being here on you know halfway through january and if you can't beat a a raiders team that lost its head coach if you can't beat case keenum and 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 when your backs are against the wall i mean how could you have any belief that the broncos are going to topple teams like dallas or cincinnati or the chargers or the chiefs right now the confidence should be as low as it is all right guys in case you missed it we've been doing this the last two or three months and it's been really great even though it's been a little bit of a struggle getting the winners of our raffle the very jerseys that they they won uh, because lead times with outlets like Fanatics and the Broncos own shop and NFL.com team shop and all that stuff are ridiculous. Guys and gals who have won um, in the past two months. I mean, who was it? Uh, we uh, I know two of three of them have been delivered. All right. But two of them haven't. And just understand, guys, and this applies, by the way, to your Christmas shopping. If there's anything you're looking for out there that you need to order, get on it now because the lead times are ridiculous. So we raffled off, uh, or we're going to raffle off. The goal was on YouTube, we're going to take the top five finishers on Super Chat for the month of October, put their names in a hat, equal shares, and draw to see who wins a Pat Sertan jersey. I have those five names in this hat, and to wit, they are Mark Langley, Naj Alta, Michaela the Duchess, Seth Harmon, and the Queen Christie. All right, Christie's one one. I'm shaking it up. All right, here's your winner for October. Very well deserved. Congrats, Michaela. Michaela wins the Pat Sertan jersey. But you know what? We're going to do another one for the top five. Got to do it. Hopefully that'll, you know, raise the black cloud that's perpetually hanging over Michaela's head. Uh, Okay. You can't see this. 
Now you can. Mark, the God King. Okay. The football gods align with the God King. Now, Congrats, Mark. Guys, don't trip if you are Christy or if you are Naj or if you are Seth. All right. Because we're going to be sending you out a cool little MHH gift package as a thank you. All right. So um, I'll be reaching out here very soon. In fact, Naj, I don't think, I'm not sure if we've ever corresponded via email and I, and I know you're not on Twitter. So do me a kindness, Naj, and shoot me just an email with your uh, address and your t-shirt sizes and things like that, bro. All right. So congrats to Michaela and congrats to Mark on the Jersey winning each of you a Pat Sertan Jersey. And now it's time to raffle off Facebook. Our goal on Facebook was to get to 250,000 stars in the month of October. If we hit, we'll raffle off a Pat Sertan jersey to those who contributed to the goal. And the more someone contributed, the more tickets they have in the hat and so on and so forth. Let me just make sure this is nice and mixed up. Bear with me one sec. Zach, maybe sing a song or something, you know? You don't um, want to hear me sing, Chad. I could do a drum roll for you, but... Let's, let's do like a rap, you know? Let me see your best 8-mile um, <laughs> impression. Let's go. Mom Spaghetti, part two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you don't indeed. want to hear that either. It's a football show. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to do this. Okay. And the winner is, here's the winner of the raffle on Facebook. Travis. T-Dub. T-Dub is the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Congrats, but, man. Guys, don't worry. The top five finishers, we have your names. Um, you're also going to receive a little care package, right, from MHH. And then also, guys, um, one last thing, and then we'll get back to content. Thank you for bearing with us for those of you who maybe aren't supporters or superstars. We also told you that for the top finishers, we're going to go by tier and raffle some names. We, I did that ahead of time earlier today. All right. For tier number two on Facebook, the winner of a MHH care package, a little bit of swag is none other than Chris Hernandez. So that's on Facebook. So Chris, uh, 25 year Zach veteran of the United States Air Force. I want to say either way, Chris, I already have your contact information. I'll be in touch. We'll get that squared away. And then there was one last tier. There's three tiers on Facebook. A lot of support. The other name that won Gary freaking leads Palmer. So Gary, if you're listening right now, if you're in the chat, I'm not sure if you are, I need you to shoot us an email milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Easy to remember. We'll need your deets, your information. We'll get that stuff out to you. And we did the same thing, Zach, on YouTube. Two, two last drawings, and then um, we'll get back to content. The winner of Tier 2 on YouTube, all right, a little care package, is none other than Aaron Lynch. All right, so Aaron, yes. big A, little A, R-O-N, I will need you to shoot me an email, milehighhuddle at Gmail, need your details. And then Tier number 3 on YouTube, all right, was none other than Simon Weeby up Weeb. Is it Weeb? Weeb up in Canada. So Simon, a little care package coming your way. And to each and every one of you, appreciate you. Thank you so much for supporting us. This is, this is a small thing we can do to say thank you, but just know that by participating in the goal and everything, whether it's YouTube or Facebook, 
You guys literally are helping to keep the lights on in what we're doing with these live stream podcasts and our whole platform on that side of our business. So thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. Well, Chad, look at this. I mean, the community is so happy and so, you know, joyous for everyone else. I mean, the comments here, congrats, congrats, and enjoy the jersey, congrats. I mean, we really do. We are so blessed. We talk about this all the time, Chad, off camera. We're text. We're on the phone. We really do have the best viewers, and it's because of you guys we're able to do this. We always want to give back, and we sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. That's that's genuine. All right. Lawrence Rivera wants to know, is Peyton doing the dirty work that John Elway always wanted to do? It seems like it. Um, I don't know about always wanted to do. I mean, he was the man with the with the power. Like, he was... The only person that could challenge John was Joe Ellis, and Joe Ellis doesn't know anything about football. So I'm not sure about that. Um, but Peyton is definitely cleaning up some messes. Like, I think John Elway, Zach, really turned the ship around um, in the last three years as a drafter. And with most of his free agent moves, with the exception of his free agent quarterback and trade acquisitions, but the damage that he could not undo, which was by it was his own doing, were his his uh, coaching hires. That's what ultimately uh, sunk him and forced him to you know have to step down. Well, I mean, if Peyton wants to do the dirtiest job that Elway refused to do, that would be draft a quarterback in the first round and see that through. <laughs> Develop your own guy and not bail on him for a holdover like Teddy Bridgewater. So hopefully that job is yet to come. Winner, winner, chicken dinner of the Pat Sertan jersey, Travis Weber with 400 stars. Thank you, bro. He says, I'm trusting George Payton. Uh, I'm trusting Payton in him doing his job, but I feel he is sugarcoating more than we know. I'm praying for the most part that we get an owner in place. We are in desperate need. Yeah, there needs to be the biggest problem with there not being an owner. Like for the most part, it's one of the things owner storylines in the NFL are one of the least interesting to me. But what you lack when you don't have an owner is that feeling of everyone else in the building understanding that they're, they could be accountable to someone upstairs that's ultimately this belongs to me. I'm the owner. And if there's no one really at the, at the top of this thing, at the apex of the organization, that where the buck ultimately stops, it can really go side. If it goes sideways, it can, as we've seen, persist, Zach. And it has become a pervasive theme at Broncos HQ, and the sooner they can get that resolved, the better. I think it'll help keep everyone honest, for lack of a better term. Travis, I understand how you feel, but I implore you or anyone else right now on November 3rd not to take what Peyton is saying as gospel. I promise you what happens on January 3rd, for example, will be a lot different. He has to say these things right now, but I think he's on the same page as, as you, Chad, and I, and the rest of us, that he sees a coaching change is imminent and inevitable. The Dutch is jumping in with a very generous super chat. And by the way, guys, the goal on Facebook this month is 200,000 stars. So we're dropping it a little bit. I uh, feel like make it a little bit more um, not so hectic to try and get there in the finish in the final week. We're like, all right, let's just dial it back because the support is the support. We want to make it something that is reasonably attainable. So it's 200,000 stars on Facebook. We hit that goal. We're raffling off a jersey of the winner's choosing. That's what's cool nowadays. You don't have to necessarily find a jersey that's, you know, of a player's name that's in stock. 
you can just pick the team and then choose the jersey, the name and the number, and it's bada bing, bada bang. So it's you're choosing the same on Facebook, top five finishers, raffle, get to choose their jersey. Michaela, I think blowing smoke is part of the GM job. Absolutely. Any leader has to play politics. Any leader is on, on one hand, you know, has to be a visionary, has to be an ambassador of sorts, has to be a politician. I can't see Peyton being, and an expert, let's face it too, you got to be the best at what you do. I can't see Peyton being pleased with the coaches. I think we must have faith. By the way, love you, one and all. She's talking to everybody that can hear our voice right now. You talk about blowing smoke. I think it's absolutely part of a GM's job title or a head coach or really anyone that deals with the public, deals with the media, has to present a certain face, a certain posture. But it's no different and it's less egregious than John Elway going up in front of everyone with a serious face and saying, we're acquiring 34-year-old Joe Flacco in the prime of his career. It's part of, of the job description. And again, what Peyton is saying right now, I believe, and Chad believes, and a lot of us believe, is not what he really feels. Have patience, and I think you'll be pleased with the final result. By the way, Michaela, we love you too. You know this. Christian, what's good, buddy? Appreciate you being with us. Thank you for the support. Longtime Super Chat superstar. I want to say you've been with us now as a contributor and key member of our community in our chat conversations at least a year. I want to say you stormed onto the scene 2020, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, great to have you with us, buddy. He says, it's one thing to support Vic, but when you say, I came here for Vic, that's a whole different situation. Not what you just have to say. I love George, but trading Vaughn just tears all the strings in my heart. You know, Vaughn, that same channel, guys, go follow him on or subscribe to him on YouTube, all right? Because on his same channel last night, he published a, uh, it looked to me like it was maybe made by the Broncos and they gave it to him to publish, but it was, I'm not going to lie, like I have become pretty um, numb to the emotional vagaries of fandom because of what I do, all right? But I'm not going to lie, when I watched it, it had some country song, on it, uh, playing in the background, that had something like the guy was singing about his father not be, being a, being dead, um, but how he's always still with you, even I'm, even though I'm not here, I'm always around type thing. And that was the message Vaughn was sending with a bunch of clips and stuff from his career. Um, you know, even though I'm not here with you, Broncos country, I'm always going to be with you type thing. Very poignant, very sweet. Go check it out. Christian, I totally get, or any fan out there, the emotional aspect, tearing at your heartstrings, but step back and take your heart out of it and look at the trade with your brain. Look at it with a logical point of view. The NFL is a business, first and foremost, and you're talking about a 32-year-old guy who's going to be a free agent. You know, he's playing out the string in Denver, no long-term future. You let him go for nothing anyway. Now you're getting back a second and a third round draft pick. It's just good business on the Broncos part, and it's a win-win because Vaughn now go gets to go play for an instant day one contender. And if you're truly a fan of Von Miller, you want to see him hoisting that second Lombardi trophy. So there's not many win-wins in the NFL. I think this, this was a rare uh, instance. Mike Reno says, all this BS with Vaughn is just that. He would never sabotage the team, and he will retire a Bronco. I think you're right on that. I think he will retire a Bronco one day. Uh, Claydo, 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 Claydo. No, it's got to be do, Claydo. right? Because do, like Claydo like Plato is D-O-H, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, Clay, what's good? Appreciate you, buddy. He says, when we eventually hire a new head coach, let's say Kellen Moore, for example, George, nice. by the way, Peyton, going to get a nice up-close and personal look at uh, the uh, 
in a real time resume of Kellen Moore this week. Um, when we eventually hire a new head coach, let's say Kellen Moore, for example, would you want him to bring in like his passing game coordinator, or would you want them to bring in a veteran OC or DC like Wade Phillips? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't really care about, he needs a veteran experienced guy to compliment him. Like, I don't really care about that. Every coach within reason that a new young guy is going to hire is going to have some experience. I just want the fresh blood. I want it to be a guy that's got some skins on the wall that aren't a decade old or five years old. I want skins that are you can still see on the wall, all right, and let him do his thing. Let that new blood, that vision, that energy, that juice uh, do its work, its magic, and hopefully you make the right decision. I'm I'm there with you, Chad. I agree. It doesn't have to be. A, uh, a veteran guy kind of being his stabilizing factor. But when you think about a potential Kellen Moore and Wade Phillips pairing, I think it just moved. Yes, indeed. Um, okay. Again. <laughs> Let me see here. We're at 47 minutes. We got a little bit of time. Here's a Cody dub. Appreciate you, Cody. He says, Fuller back scares me with the Cowboys. Well, who knows? Zach, maybe... Um, Maybe it is a, a wake-up call that his time spent on the bench. Maybe it was a wake-up call of sorts. We'll see. I mean, the dude has played some excellent football in his career. Hasn't happened in Denver yet, but he wasn't like complete, utter liability. He just, his worst moments came in critical situations. And I mean, how many touchdown catches did he give up to opponents on the opening drive? Like, I can think of two off the top of my head before they sat him down. So who knows? I think if they do turn back to him, Zach, with some serious snaps, he'll be camouflaged a little bit more. He's not going to be the number one left-hand uh, shutdown corner. That's Pat Sertan's job. My answer to this question, I want to just reference this comment that Mike Reno made. His wife is a Cowboys fan, so uh, she'll be checking out the Huddle Up pod. Mike, um, I hope she doesn't flex too hard. If I were you, I wouldn't make any bets between now and Sunday. I don't think it's going to be pretty, Chad. Uh, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, anyone against that Cowboys offense, it could be a bloodbath. Corey H., thank you for the super chat, brother. He says, the reason you guys are stuck in the rebuild idea is because you overvalue Vaughn. George Payton and coaches are showing you that they do not think Vaughn makes them better, not at $25 million. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by why we're stuck on the rebuild idea. That they're angling for a rebuild? Clarify that for us, Corey H., um, I don't think Vaughn's worth $25 million anymore. I mean, relative to what the salary cap is today uh, and where he's at in his career, he's not worth $25 million. He's like a $15, 16000000 million. That's something I think is commensurate with what he can bring to the table and also the risks and downsides to also, you know, paying a guy like that, Zach, that's high profile, prolific, perennial, it's all-star, but is long in the tooth, coming off a season that he missed entirely and is injured now. Like he's not worth twenty-five million to me. I think people overthink market value. I mean, look in the present time what Vaughn was making this year, and the Broncos had to kind of buy their third-round draft pick by eating nine million of the nine point seven million dollar salary. I think he's worth about nine point seven until he shows he can get back to prior form. But that's you know anyone's guess as to whether. His prime has passed. Did Chad freeze or is that me? 
I think it was <laughs> technical glitch. I think Chad's hopping back in. Dude. Chadception going on right now. Weird. Like my browser's doing something because it shows, look, it shows in our control room, it shows <laughs> we'll have another one open. My browser just crashed. So let me let me get that one out of here. I don't know if I can bounce him. I guess I can't, but <laughs> you're stuck weird. with them now. I literally was clicking over to YouTube to check the back end for any supers we might have missed. <laughs> Clicked on the tab and it went, and now it just disappeared. Weird. <laughs> now we have anarchy because I'm on the left. So it's a complete uh oh. Yeah, it's chaos right now. People, people are going to be thrown off their rocker. All right. Uh, what did I interrupt? You're probably talking about Tim. I was, uh, I was finished. Okay. <laughs> Until okay. your clone popped up. Uh, I am the doppelganger. Uh, he says, uh, "Let's finish out the season and see who stands out. Keep them, uh, rebuild. Finally, beef up this weak O line with some draft picks. Beef up this O line. Yeah, buddy. From your lips." to the ears of the football gods. Let's just hope that they can do something there. I mean, you need a you need a young, bona fide right tackle. But you know what? Zach, it'll be interesting because Garrett Bowles is a, is going to miss for sure this week and maybe even they might just keep him out till after the bye because he got Philly next week and wouldn't surprise me. Um Calvin Anderson, he's going to get some time under the lights and if he ends up being equal to his opportunity, then you maybe have a solution you can kind of plan around for right tackle. Doesn't mean you uh, ignore the offensive line in the draft, but it'll be interesting. Let me just conclude by saying I'm hoping Calvin Anderson comes out and puts up some good things on tape. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I find a million dollars on the street. I don't think it's going to happen against Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons in that Cowboys front. It could be a long afternoon for Teddy Bridgewater running away. And realistically, when you look at the draft for the Broncos, there's three ways they really should go in 2022. Quarterback, edge rusher, or right tackle. They've neglected that far too long. Bobby Massey's not the long-term answer. They don't really have a long-term answer. They haven't had one for years now. It's time they... As the uh, the comment posited, to finally get that guy in the building, the Bugmeister, that's a newer name. Welcome, thank you for that super chat. Says, love the show. You helped me through the day out here in Utah. Thank you. Tough matchup this Sunday. Sertan on CD Lamb. Let's go. Well, Zach, you're saying that CD's been playing a lot out of the slot, so it might not be so much a one v one there unless they're going to just have. Sertan follow him around but either way Sertan's going to get tested quite a bit I think this this weekend they also have Amari Cooper people forget about that I think that could be a better matchup for Sertan they're kind of a bigger body guy more of a physical guy it scares me Kyle Fuller 1v1 with CD Lamb you also have Michael Gallup could be coming back to the mix I mean the offense is just so tough to keep down right now when you have one reliable corner and Pat Sertan and then kind of unreliability below him it, it's a scary scary thought um, all right, 53 minutes. We got to start being rapid fire here. Travis Weber jumping in on Facebook with a uh, thousand stars to say thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chad and Zach. Mile high huddle. I feel the biggest win is Broncos country and how, as a community of fans all over, um, that we are and how something probably how I don't know passionate, but yes, we concur. Dude, the, the coolest thing about our job and what we do is the community and seeing what has grown out of that and the relationships and the, and the how smart people are, you know, the football wisdom and knowledge that's within our community. It's just, it's really cool. It's like, I like to say, um, you know, you guys are mile high huddle. We just work here. 
You guys are the best, Travis. You're, it's so well-deserved uh, what you're getting. And uh, everyone else who won and didn't win, you guys are what makes this show go. And Chad and I talk all the time about how incredible you, each and every one of you are, and we could not be more appreciative. Thank you. And congrats on your win, Travis. Uh, Luis, what's good, buddy? Thank you, bud. He says, going to be at the Dallas game. Win or lose, I'm supporting the Broncos all the way. I will be thinking of all you guys crossing my fingers for an upset. Well, hey, you know what? The last time the Broncos were in Dallas, pretty sure was that 2013 shootout. Manning versus Romo. What was the final? 52-49 or something like that. So who knows? Any given Sunday. Right, Zach? I mean, technically, I mean, I think Broncos, the Broncos and their fans can hope for a trap game on the Cowboys part. They really had no business beating Minnesota without Dak. But Dak's coming back this week. You still have that offense is humming along. The defense is the most surprising part about the Cowboys. They're playing at a top 10 clip, especially against the run. They shut down Javante. They shut down Melvin Gordon, and they get after Teddy Bridgewater. And then the Broncos can't make up the deficit. They're sure they're going to fall behind with. I don't see a, a favorable outcome. But anything can happen. Um, I'm just real quick before we grab this one. I'm just taking a quick glance over the back end. No, Claude, or anybody else. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I just, it just pays the bills. By the way, uh, NG Shada clarified his handle. It's NG Shada, my initials for Nigel Graham. Very cool, Nigel. We'll call you uh, NG Shada as, uh, as it is. Very cool. All right, thank you for the clarification. Shane Daniels, a.k.a. The Aviator, says, and thank you for the star support, brother. Uh, I know your time's coming on the drawing. I know it, dude. He says, if Peyton come uh, – if and by the way, Shane – Reach out to me. I'll get you a T-shirt or something, bro. You're the man. We got to kick it with you at the meet and greet, and that was a lot of fun. He says, if Peyton came out speaking ill of Vic Fangio, like Fangio does to players and other coaches, the the amount of discourse in the locker room, um, discord I think he means in the locker room and media, would be ugly. Yeah, he's just smarter. He's a better – he's a politician. I mean, guys don't make it to GM with very few exceptions if they are not very good salesmen and – politicians and george is one of those chad i you would remember probably it was 2017 2018 john elway made a comment in the middle of the season that ruffled a lot of the broncos players feathers do you remember what i'm talking about what what year it was a couple it was 2017 soft soft, yes if he would have came out and told the truth like elway did it just it sows more division than it unites the players george payton played his hand perfectly and you're going to see a different action on again january 3rd or january 10th whatever when he cleans house as the messaging he's getting across on november 3rd be patient i I can't remember i remembered that i i can't even remember what i had for breakfast and i remembered that i'm not as uh demented as i worry (laughs) rando Appreciate you, brother. He says, why did the Broncos organization choose to wait on new ownership? Um, it's not so much choosing to wait, bro. Like, they're in the throes of a familial struggle that has spilled out and taken, you know, the battles thereof have taken place in court. Um, right. You know, it's just not that simple. Unfortunately, this is Pat... Uh, Boland's succession plan, though well-intended, was not very – he should have just named somebody, period, freaking yeah. end of story. But because he left it open t- for the trust to pick one and decide, um, it gave everyone else that 
trust didn't really like um, because it was all based on hitting qualification markers within, you know, um, your candidacy to be the new owner, controlling owner. And so others like uh, uh, Beth Bowen Wallace, who has met those requirements that Pat Bowen stipulated, she's like, well, wait a minute, you're wanting Brittany, but I'm more qualified, which she is technically. Now, Brittany might end up at this stage having more NFL experience because Joe Ellis got her into the front office and has been using her uh, help, you know, helping her using her. I said, I, I don't say that in a bad way. I mean, like using her to help with administration and different projects within the team and whatnot. But Zach, Beth Bowen Wallace at the time Pat passed away and we started learning about the stipulations of the trust was easily the most qualified candidate and the Broncos fired her and went away from her toward Brittany. And so, you know, I'm starting to ramble here to kind of going through things we all know and we've heard a million times, but the bottom line is Pat should have said, all right, which one do I think is has the best shot to succeed me and do this team justice and the family justice? It might ruffle feathers, but I'm not going to be around to worry about it anyway. Here's the name. And because he didn't do that, we are where we are. Chad, I'm, I'm so let down by you right now. Of all the times to use pragmatic – that was the perfect time there because his plan wasn't I said pragmatic. I wasn't going to use it again. Right. It wasn't practical at all. It was very convoluted, and I agree with, wholeheartedly with what you're saying there. If he would have had a better plan from the get-go, even preceding his death, I think the Broncos would be in more stable hands right now. But when this was all playing out, Chad and I were both warning you, as many other people uh, were as well, this was a long, dragged-out process ahead. There will be lawyers. There's legalities at play. It was never going to be a cut-and-dry thing. We have to hope, though, that this ownership void is reaching its end, and uh, come early 22, they'll have a new owner. Doug Raquel, you're another guy, bro. I know your, your time is coming to uh, win some raffle stuff, so appreciate everything you do for us, buddy. He says, thanks for the insight tonight, and go Broncos. Uh, Jeremy Barker with a very generous super chat. Thank you. Says no comment, just showing some love. You the man. Appreciate Thank it. you very much. Uh, Cody Dub on YouTube on a different topic. Pick up Russell Wilson or use picks to move up and draft. Uh, move up the draft to get a QB and sign Teddy for another year to develop a quarterback. So like, take your pick. Would you want Russell Wilson or that second scenario where you move up? package your picks, move up, get a quarterback high, and then keep Teddy around to kind of uh, mentor him. I'd be okay with that. I just don't understand why some Broncos fans think that Russell Wilson wants to even play for Denver. They weren't on his reported list of teams that he was wanted to be traded to earlier this year, and why would he want to come to, uh, sorry, George, a rebuilding organization like Denver when he can go play for a win-now contender somewhere maybe in the AFC or – NFC. I don't see Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Deshaun Watson as a possibility, but uh, I see the the Broncos going toward the draft as the more likely scenario. Hey, shout out to Jeremy Barker on YouTube. Thanks, bro, for that super chat. Also, one I'm going to read off the back end, Scott, from uh, Tony D.A. Dub. Appreciate you, bro. He says, uh, Gordon Jackson Patrick Fuller should have been moved, traded. So Melvin Gordon, Kareem Jackson, Tim Patrick, Kyle Fuller should have been traded. Also, thoughts? Good for Vaughn and Broncos. Works both ways, but Teddy is still QB1. Hilarious. We're planning to go 500 by scoring three points in the first half. (laughs) Yes, indeed, my brother. Yes, indeed. We feel you on that. Um, Zach, before you reply to that, if you were going to, I just wanted to uh, say one thing about Russell Wilson. 
I think the reason the Broncos are not on his list and why they probably won't ever be on his list is I have it on good authority that he was very displeased he wasn't drafted by the Broncos in 2012 and that they ended up taking Brock Osweiler when Russell Wilson, there were some, Hmm. I don't know, intimations made to him by Broncos scouts and stuff that they liked him. And the fact that they went with Brock Osweiler, a giraffe, and I get it. You know, John Elway's very much a measurables guy. That that kind of thing impresses him when it comes to quarterbacks. Hence the two giraffes he 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 drafted, uh, Paxton and Osweiler. But uh, Russ Wilson, five eleven. There was he five ten, five eleven. I think. You know, he was undersized, and Broncos ultimately passed on him, but. I know that was a bu- that was a burr under his saddle. So maybe that burr gets worked out if John Elway indeed steps away, like he says he's going to, when his contract expires. Man, you know it's bad enough taking Osweiler over Russell Wilson, then John doubles down by taking Paxson over Dak Prescott. In terms of the question though about the trade pieces, it takes two to tango. I I don't think some of those players had the value around the NFL that would Whoops. warrant the Broncos trading them. And for someone like Kyle Fuller, would you give up, let's say, a mid-round pick and take on his salary for a cornerback that was benched in the best secondary in the NFL on paper, supposedly? I mean, so Tim Patrick, these guys, I don't think they have the name recognition or the value around the NFL to warrant a trade. And also, it would kind of contradict what the messaging George Payton, Vic Fangio have been putting out there that the season's still ahead of us, you know, everything, we're in the thick of things, and you're going to trade the best players on the team. He kind of had to keep those players around. All right, two more that we must rapid fire because I got to go. And uh, then we'll see you guys tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, it is the Mile High Mailbag, but we'll spend some time um, sinking our our teeth into this matchup with the Cowboys and what small, minute chance and what that might be the Broncos might have to to win. Dennis, though, thank you, bro. Another bona fide superstar in Michigan says, did you see Sean McVay's presser? So different from Vic's, full of energy and positivity. Dude, anytime I hear Sean McVay talk, I just think that he's doing an impression of a young John Gruden. Like, he just sounds exactly like his mentor. His tonality, the things he says. I mean, I'm not talking John Gruden, kind of the grizzled, grumpy old man, get off my lawn kind of guy of his second um, run with the Raiders. I'm talking old John Gruden, young, pardon me, young John Gruden uh, Gruden from the old days, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Dude, he... Think about this. Next time you listen, Zach, to Sean McVay speak at the podium, you tell me that dude is not channeling his inner John Gruden. Uh, let's hope his emails are clean. In terms of, you know, Dennis, when you're watching the press conferences, are you really surprised? I mean, I think a coma patient has more energy than Vic Fangio. <laughs> he has one setting and one setting only. That's stoic. All right. We got two from Damien that we'll weave together. Thank you, Damien. Hope we all, I hope we will pull out a win. Uh, okay, I will bite. Who is the best quarterback available? But I don't want to be pragmatic. LOL. And then he says here, and this is the last one we got to go. Yes, I lost faith in Elway over the Dak decision. Another guy the Broncos had more than one shot at in the 2017 draft. 16. 16. So uh, who is the best QB available? Are you talking NFL? You're talking college all in one? I can't give you an answer on the college side yet. It's too much left to be determined. There's some guys I like, um, but I think if you're looking for a 
no, we we still think we got enough of the pieces there. We're a, a sleeping giant still. Then you go out and throw the kitchen sink, whatever it takes to get Aaron Rodgers here. My guys in the draft, and I'm with Chad. I mean, a lot can and will change between now and the draft uh, when it actually happens. And the Broncos are on the clock. But right now, Malik Willis and Matt Corral are my two guys. But it all depends also who they pair with those quarterbacks. You don't want to deliver them into the clutches of Pat Shermer. But if you have Kellen Moore, Brian Dayball, it becomes a lot more enticing having that dual threat next-level quarterback with the next-level play caller. Into the clutches. I like that. Guys, we got to get going, though. So Zach will do our rundown, and I'll, I'll pull yep. up and see how we finished on Facebook today. This was the Huddle Up Pod, guys. Thank you all for tuning in with us, and congrats to the winners of all the drawings today. Uh, be sure until we see you guys tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a football preset. Football Priest t-shirt, coaching, coaching, coaching shirt, anything and everything you can fathom from every single podcast on the network is in that store. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button, become a supporter for instant access to our three VIP shows, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your Football Priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. That's you want to give thing it away. I forgot. I forgot to do the drawing there. We'll do that tomorrow night. Give the our podcast our Apple podcast people something to look forward to additionally for tomorrow. Sorry. Leave you guys on that cliff for one more night. Be sure in the meantime, though, if you can't do any of those things, do these three things that take five seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. All right, here's how we finished on Facebook. The winner of the October drawing, Travis Weber on top. Appreciate you, bro. Rando at two, Doug at three, Tim at four, Shane rounding out the top five, followed by Claude, Mike Reno, Andrew Lampy, Yvonne, huh? Yvonne. Um, and Andrew, remember, you're getting, a, you're getting a little care package sent your way, so I need your information, bro. Send us an email. Milehighhuddle at Gmail. Lawrence Rivera, Nathan. Nathan, you're another guy. You and Lawrence, both, who I know your time's coming with the uh, law of averages relative to the the drawings. Marcus, Travis Tarbox, you as well, bro. George Fox and Howie Frickin' Day, who won the Frickin' Von Miller jersey in Frickin' September. And by the way, Howie, that got reordered uh, through Fanatics yesterday. You should see it within a couple of weeks, um, your Von Miller jersey. So, Appreciate your patience on that, brother, with that whole snafu. That's a story for another time, but it's coming, bro. And when you get it, we want that selfie. Yes, guys. Uh, until tomorrow, take care, be safe. And I see John Shatner as a potential owner for the Broncos, the Papa John's guy. Like, what? Definitely not. But anyway, guys, this was a great show. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.